uh, like the beauty is in the journey. And I didn't always realize that, but looking back and seeing the lessons that I learned from each of those chapters has been game changing. And you can't pay for that. Can't pay for that at a university or a master's degree or anything else. Like that comes from being out there and implementing and practicing what we preach and being like, shit, that did not work. Don't ever do that again. Right. And, yeah. and, and changing and doing that. Um, so it's, I, I've been blessed, man. I, I really have. And I've learned some beautiful lessons along the way. Welcome to the Land Life Podcast with your host, PJ Riley. What's going on, guys? This is the Land Life Podcast. My name is PJ Riley. Guys, if you're getting value, if you're learning a lot from this podcast, make sure you leave a like, a follow, uh, write a couple comments, talk about my background, if you like it, if you don't like it. If you like me, you don't like me, you got some things I need to fix. This guy, Larry White Jr., has got a really cool background. It's like, a, oh my gosh, look at that. That looks so awesome. Straight, that straight from Wall cool. Street, brother. That, that is awesome. Um, so guys, if, if you like all this stuff, you know, let me know. If you don't like it, let me know that too. Uh, at the end of the podcast, Larry White Jr. is going to uh, give you a way that you can contact him if what he says resonates with you. You know, if you, if you want to keep that conversation going and, you know, keep that relationship going, uh, you know, he'll he'll let you know how to get hold of him. Um, but today, guys, we got Larry White Jr. Check this out. He is the self-proclaimed catalyst and creator of opportunities. Now, that's pretty cool. That's not yeah, just so, like so a, funny be, before we got on, right. You were talking about zone and how you've never heard zone before. Well, when they wanted me to come build their network out and, and start training some of their agents that I essentially made a wish list. Uh-huh. Right. And one of the, uh, like, I didn't want to be an AVP or an RVP or a VP anymore. And so I was like, I want to, I want to create my own title. Yeah. And I don't think they, they were like, oh, well, we don't give a shit about that. You can do whatever you want. I was like, oh, what do I want to be when I grow up? Right. And it, it took me like two weeks. And then they were like, you're not going to really put that on your business card. I was like, hell yes, I am. I'm going to own this wherever <laughs> I go from this point forward. That is so cool. What a cool title too. Like guys, that's a, that's a good little tip there too. When you're going to get a new job. Tell them you want to create your job title. Yeah. You could be, you could too. You too could be the self-proclaimed catalyst and creator of opportunities at your place. All right, Larry. Um, first of all, what part of the country are you in? Uh, today I'm in Houston. I was just in Vegas last week. I'll be in Southern California the rest of this week. But right now I'm in Houston and that's uh, that's where I call home. Okay. Super nice city, by the way. Uh, that's, that's, that's a really nice place. Huge though. The traffic is crazy out there. Yes. Which is why I don't like to drive. So yeah. <laughs> I, I, I can imagine. All right, Larry. So let's... um. Let's go back a little bit. We want to tell your story. We want to get people up to speed on who you are. Let's go back, kind of get us to give us the, the background on how you got to the point where you're at right now. Beautiful. Well, man, it's been, a, I, I, I have a hard time thinking, right? Because I've been going in real estate 17 years. I don't feel like I'm old enough to have been in a career that long, right? I still think I'm young and dumb and still do totally stupid things. Yeah. Um, but graduated from Arizona State University, um, right? And uh, came out of there. That's where I met my bride, had a lot of fun. I was an executive at, uh, for Target straight out of college. Mm-hmm. On the fast track to have my own store at like the age of 25, which would have been like 
125 to 200,000, which was more money than I could have ever imagined at that point. And I realized that I was working nonstop. Like it was retail, like weekends. That's when you had to work holidays. I was a Scrooge. I was like, ah, oh, hated Christmas, hated either, right? Like hated everything. I was like a Scrooge. It was terrible. And so uh, one of my best friends and my dad is also a, a police officer in the Phoenix Police Department. was like, bro, what if we join the police academy? They have four 10 hour shifts. I was like three days off a week. Yes, let's go. Right. Yeah. But I didn't even know what they made. Right. I took a huge pay cut. And that's actually what got me into real estate. Um, during that time, this was like probably 04 to 06. So I started investing. I started doing double escrows, which they call wholesaling and stuff now. Um, I, I got my license because I thought it would help me. I didn't know that it would just open me up to a tremendous amount of liability. Otherwise, I may not have done it at that point. Um, but as I got my license and people in the department saw what I was doing, others started asking me like, hey, can you help us? Can you do this? And so I was making more working five or 10 hours a week in real estate than I was full time. And I was like, ah, oh. it was so much fun too. Like my best friend I wrestled in high, through high school and college with was, was my beat partner. It was like bad boys. I remember <laughs> like we weren't afraid, like we were both big into fitness. Like we weren't afraid somebody was going to outrun us, but we'd be like talking, talking shit, be like, Hey, that kid unhitch the wagon, like catch up. He's going to get away. If we go speed, <laughs> right. Um, and so we had a lot of fun, but I just had to kind of think about what did my future hold. And um, so I remember like when I burned my ship, my dad was like, I was like, look, dad, I'm not, that was safe. That was secure. And that's what my parents worried about. We're like, what happens if you don't sell a home? And I was like, I don't have a choice. <laughs> And I really didn't know I didn't have a choice because I took my pension, which was like $25,000, $26,000 at that time that I had built up. I thought I was investing it. I actually put it into a Ponzi scheme and have still oh, not seen no. a dollar. So literally, I burned my ship, everything in my ship. And I was like, well, I'm either dying here or taking over this island. Those are, those are the two options. But it forced me to hustle. Right. Like I did all of the things that nobody else wanted to. I became really proficient with scripts. I would cold call for three hours a day. Not that I liked it. It was out of necessity. And I don't think that most people are faced with that challenge. People want to do a lot of production. They want to buy these things. They want to invest. They don't necessarily want to do what it takes to get there. They see the tip of the iceberg and they don't see all of the foundational pieces that went into that. Yeah. And uh, after that, man, I, I just kind of never looked back. I think by my third year, I was doing 20, 25 deals a year, jumped up to 60. And then I found like, I was just coming into roadblocks because I had no more time. So that's when I built a team. We did 300 and something transactions. And even with a team, I was running out of time again. And so that's when I got recruited to build some companies, right? Uh, I built a company for, that was owned by auction.com in Arizona and then got recruited to uh, Carrington Real Estate Services that owned their own mortgage company. Uh, we took that from 286 agents to almost 3,000 agents. And I became like their head of business development. And 
along this way, like I always made really good money. But I think the problem is like when you make really good money, you spend really good money as well. Right. And so I realized I was really helping everybody else create a lot of wealth. And again, I don't feel bad for myself. I wasn't doing poorly, but like I was doing this for a 3% commission or less sometimes, and they were making these spreads. And so that got me into actually investing for myself. And that's kind of my goal these days, right? To where I'm at now. I mean, I want to help agents increase production, decrease costs, build wealth, use all of the lessons that I've learned. I have massive referral networks and stuff because I feel like once you create that financial security, then you can work on yourself, right? Then you can work on, like, if I was like, PJ, like, let's meditate for 10 minutes and you don't have the money to turn on your electricity. The last thing that you want to do is sit down and be quiet for 10 minutes. Yes. Right. And so it's been, uh, it's been a beautiful evolution. Like I didn't always realize uh, like the beauty is in the journey and I didn't always realize that, but looking back and seeing the lessons that I learned from each of those chapters has been game changing. And you can't pay for that can't pay for that at a university or a master's degree or anything else. Like that comes from being out there and implementing and practicing what we preach and being like, shit, that did not work. Don't ever do that again. Right. And yeah. and, and changing and doing that. Um, so it's I, I've been blessed, man. I, I really have. And I've learned some beautiful lessons along the way. So there's a lot of things I want to unpack with all that, that big story. There's a lot of cool things there. I mean, going from a police uh, target to a police officer to jumping into real estate, those are, are big changes, right? Yeah. There's, there's, there's not a lot of people who do that. Right. It's, it's not a common thing to be able to transfer from, to transition from one position to the next. How do you, how are you able to transition? I think that's a huge issue with people. I mean, especially in a world like, like the police department, for example, Mm -hmm. how many cops do you know right now that could go start a business in a month, right? It's just not um, a thing talked about a lot. So how were you able to transition? uh, Whereas a lot of people can't do that. Well, so here's the thing. I think there's probably more then I think the key point is it's not talked about. Yes. I think a lot of police officers, firefighters, EMT have side hustles. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Part-time jobs that pay double what they make on the streets. Um, I knew a number of first responders and stuff that were also great handymen and stuff. So they they did contracting on the side in order to create those different opportunities. Again, this is a going back to that same issue. When you make more, you generally spend more. Yeah. If you took that side hustle and invested it, right, and into and made that money work for you, put it into some speculative assets, not all of it, maybe it's 10%. Like those little disciplines could really change your life. Yeah. So I don't think it's not there, but since that money's not changing their life, right? Because it's just side hustle and it's spent on a lot of material things. I think a lot of people are scared to go all in. Yeah, They're like, oh, it could work. But if you don't commit fully, then you can never fail. And I think that's what we're scared of, right? It's uh, like, we're scared of that failure. And so I think this is what stops a lot of people from getting over that edge. Because if you don't, oh yeah, I did that a little bit on the side and I could have done it. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, but you know, I had this and that, right? Like we all make up these own stories. And so that commitment, like I burned my ship, totally burned my ship. And then I burned somebody else's ship when my, when the, like my money was taken in a Ponzi scheme. And so like all of these different things, it wasn't easy, but it's all been sort of an adrenaline rush, right? Like from like the police officer, like the biggest adrenaline jump, like drop that I've ever had in my life, right? Like just some huge thing. And same thing went now when I, and then it was selling real estate, right? And as the transactions went higher in value, like making, you know, 20, $30,000 in one transaction. And then doing that a couple of times in a month was like, Oh, wow. Right. Like that was a rush. (laughs) And now like these investment deals. Right. So I think we're always naturally trying to grow. I hope we're all naturally trying to grow. Those are the people that I tend to surround myself with, because I do think you're a reflection of the people that you hang out with the most, which is I like to hang out with cool people. I want people to push me, be at the top of the bucket, pulling me out, not the crabs in the bucket being like, well, you can't do that. Fuck you. You can't do that. Right? Like, <laughs> don't so. don't put your limiting beliefs in on me. Like, let me figure out if I want to do it. And if I want to do it, then I'll go all in. Um, yeah. So it's it has been an interesting journey. And I think people don't give themselves enough credit. Yeah. And it gets scary in that place. And scary. I see this a lot with real realtors as well. They come in, they see what's possible, but they don't build a business right? And it's not easy. Like, Larry, like, I have no sales. Well, how many people have you talked to today? Well, I haven't. There's your answer. (laughs) Yeah, right. Nobody's going to buy a house from you if you don't add value and you don't reach out to people every single day. Yeah, I think fear is the key word too. Uh, Fear of the unknown too. So, um, you know, we can use the law enforcement example as a guy who's got a great side hustle, right? You know, he's a guy who owns let's say he 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 owns a, a self-storage facility or something. Yeah. He sees the cash coming in. It's nice. It's great actually. But I could he could never see himself moving into something else because he would lose that safety, that stability, that friend group, that, I mean, what do you tell your wife? You're I'm right. quitting to, I'm quitting this stable life that's been paying our, our, our mortgage, our, you know, our kids' soccer. It pays yeah. for that. I get my insurance through there. You know, you really think I, I, it's really tough to tell my wife that I'm just going to go and give this thing a shot, right? I think a lot of it has to do to with just not understanding what what to do, right? They've they've figured out. I put my hours into this self storage facility, and it makes X dollars. But if I'm going to buy two, I'm going to have to put my hours into two facilities, right? They're so focused on being in the business and not on the business, right? If if you were to come to somebody, you were to talk to somebody like that, what would you, how would you guide this person? What moves would you have this guy make? So one of the key things that I picked up on what you said, right? What are you going to tell your wife? The only reason I'm where I'm at is because of my bride. <laughs> so like you could have all of the aspirations in the world, to grow, to build a multi-billion dollar business, if your significant other is on a different path, it's not going to work. It's going to cause tension on your relationships, et cetera. Like my, my wife has called me out a few times. She's like, why are you playing so small? And I've had to come back and tell her, well, because 
but this was when she was a stay at home. Uh, she was staying at home with the kids. She was uh, homeschooling them. We went to some mastermind events. She heard some people talking on stage and we're like, she's like, what are you doing? She was like, you could run circles around them. And I had to realize that I was just trying to put food on the table, make sure the bills were paid. And so again, you got working in your business and not on your business. Yeah. And so we had to come together and she was like, can you, she's like, Larry, can you fucking do this? And I was like, I got this. And she's like, okay, I'm getting my license again. I will make sure the bills are paid run. And that like, and again, and we've done like, it's not me being, being like, babe, I have this huge opportunity to move to Las Vegas. I never wanted to live in Vegas. Like <laughs> I can't spend more than two days in Vegas. Like, no, I don't want to live in Vegas. Like same thing, babe. I think we got to move to Houston. Right. And we kind of lay it out, but she's my ride or die, man. Like That's without cool. her, Right. I see people going through these uh, nasty divorces and not like I hope that's something that never have to even talk about. Right. But if I did like, yeah, here, it's yours. Right. Like because I would not have been able to build these things with without her. And I think people fail to see that it's not a one sided coin. Like everybody has to be rowing in the same direction. Right. Otherwise, you'll end up going in circles. Yeah. I want to expand on that. Isn't that a great feeling? Mm-hmm. When they tell you that at that event, I can listen to Tony Robbins and all these other guys speak and they can inspire me and I can get fired up. But when yeah. the wife says it, whoo, that's deep because that follows you every day. Yeah. Right? You know, it, it follows you. You're, you're driving to the gym. You're like, oh, fuck this. I'm going to have the best day ever, man. This is yeah. like, she's got, she's in now. She's with me. We, we're on the same page. You know, she's fired me up. She's got me motivated. I mean, what we, a take great- that, we take that even one step further in our kitchen. We have a scoreboard. Like we have some family goals, right? Like yeah. they like my family. Uh, they, they all want to put a pool in the backyard. I think it's one of the worst investments we could actually make. Right. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. And they're like, come on. Like what? Like if this is our forever home, like this is what we want. So we came together as a, as a family. Yeah. We set some goals. Okay. When we uh, like, when we are helping this many agents succeed, right. I'm not worried because I know what that will produce in income and stuff like that. And I'm like, whatever you want, I'm not going to nickel and dime you. Like you go create, she wants a she shed. She wants this. She wants like, go do it. Right. But that way, if I have to take a call on a Saturday or an evening, like I have the support there, babe, I need you to put the kids down. Right. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, not a problem. Right. Like, so this is where, again, we, everybody actions and goals have to align for everybody, not just one person. uh, Right. Otherwise there's going to be tug of war. People's feelings are going to get hurt and everything else. Absolutely. And coming from the house to go to work, whether you're working in the house or at an office, that's where it all starts. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where that that fire starts. That that yeah. fire inside of you is what I mean, you know? Yeah. Um, and if it's if it's strong there, oh dude, look out world. It's gonna be tough. Right. It's gonna be tough to beat me. It's gonna be yeah. real tough to beat me. Um, so I want to get into kind of some of the stuff you're doing right now too. Like um, we talked earlier, you're you're into uh working in Airbnbs. Um, mm-hmm. And you had a really cool strategy and like something, a, a part of Airbnbs you're explaining. And I want you to, can you got to let us know what that is? Yeah. So prior to this, right, like uh, like me and my old business partner both had really just kind of moved up equity, right? We started with uh, one house in Phoenix, Arizona. 
I mean, I think we bought it for 200 in 2011, selling for like 800 now, oh, right? Man. Like timing yeah. had a lot to do with that. We kept that house for a long time. And then we bought another house in Las Vegas, again, along the upswing. So now we have two houses that we're renting out. And, you know, we're making five, $600 a month because we have mortgages and stuff on these. Yeah. Right. So ended up selling both of those. And a business partner, actually one of my first coaching clients that I had phenomenal success with, I still give him shit because he had his best year ever over and over it. And then was like, I think I'm going to stop coaching. I was like, what? <laughs> you've had two of your best years that you've ever had. Like explain to me this, but we're still great friends, right? We ended up investing together and stuff like this. We bought 24 doors in Cleveland, Ohio, free and clear. And it looked really great, but neither of us are from Cleveland. The turnover was astronomical. The like it just was not as sexy as it looked like on paper. So we ended up getting out of those. We did we did fine on them. And then we were like, okay, well, what do we do next? Right. And so this is what's moved us into the next chapter of our investing plan, um, our business plan is we bought 20 acres outside of Fredericksburg, Texas. So Fredericksburg, Texas is the second largest production of wine in the country next to Napa hmm. Valley. Wow. And the largest percentage of per capita of millionaires in the country as well. Now, granted, there's only 12,000 people in Fredericksburg, but per capita, the largest amount of millionaires Versus anywhere else in the country, more than Los Angeles or because the populations there are so big, right? Yeah. Um, and so we totally remodeled this uh, this this unit. Um, we cleared the entire 20 acres and stuff there. And I love the short-term rental aspect as long as you have the right team, right? Our cleaning crew is to die for right? Like he comes over for dinner whenever we're out there, right? Um, we have a landscaper um, that also has a contracting company and stuff like that. And so I can call them at any point in time and they will drop what they're doing because I send them a lot of business. So we have a main house, we have an apartment, we have a 1990 Airstream that we're in the process of remodeling right now. And then like we are crushing it short term, like the return on investments, I can't make anywhere else. Like for about three months, the main house rents for six to $700 a night. And it's like 90% occupancy. Yeah. Like those three months alone pay for the entire year. And we have a 15 year note on it, right? So our payments higher than usual and it's just crushing it. And yeah. so now like we're looking at tiny homes and building out like an entire community with like, I've been talking to some prof professional uh, Frisbee golf players. They're like, oh, I can probably get some sponsors to put in like Frisbee golf courses. I'm like, yes, we're looking at pickleball courts, right? We're, we're looking at all of these things to kind of build out this yeah. community. And uh, and we're talking to this really cool company uh, right now called Jupe, J-U-P-E. And one of the guys, uh, the one of the founders was involved in the Cybertruck. So they've created this beautiful structure that it's one bedroom. There's no kitchen or anything like that. It's sleek. It's it's private, right? They're not all mashed together. We're talking about partnering. So I don't have to 
pay forty to sixty thousand dollars for each of these. I'll get the land ready. I will uh, put in some of these attractions. They'll supply that, and we'll do like a, a rep share together. Wow! Right? If we ever don't like each other, they can take their unit back. Yeah. Right? I still have my land. Like they're not going on the deed or anything like that, but. Again, now I don't have to outlay like for 10 units, right? Like I like I I would never keep four hundred thousand dollars in my bank account to begin with, right? Like because yeah. I, I want that money working for me. Um, but now I don't have to even come up with that, right? I don't have to worry about financing. And so it's a it's a real partnership. And so now we're looking at other de- destination areas because we've had such success here. Sure. So now we're like, well, where do we want to visit? right like um, i was looking at some places in like yosemite right like up there in in california like we're looking in bastrop which is a little bit closer uh there's a pine trees in texas which is not very common right so there's this one little section and so yeah we're looking for places that people love to go to and that we can create these other communities on so that's a that's a big portion of our uh of our investment strategy right now that's super cool. And I know a lot of people now are like, whoa, shiny object just went off, man. That sounds cool, right? So a little bit of nuts and bolts here. How yeah. did you find the the cleaning guy? I mean, this is like just vacant land, right? In a 12,000 person community. How did you find the cleaning person? The uh, All your maintenance guys? Where'd you find those and how'd you do it? Yeah, so I can't, I would assume there's probably groups like this everywhere, right? Social media has pros and cons, right? One of the pros is there's all of these subgroups within it. And so we found a Fredericksburg short-term rental group. And literally, because we've never been there. It's four hours away from us, right? Like we've never been there or anything else. I was starting to go in through it. And so we literally just asked for referrals. Hey guys, we're new to the area. Who has a pool service? Oh, this guy's great right? Like cleaning service. And so we would interview all of these people and find the the ones that were the best fit for us. So, and this is what I teach people to do when they're building their businesses as well. Like who's their clientele, like get their clientele involved and ask for referrals. Hell, maybe some of your clients have a business that you can use. Now you guys are reciprocating and adding value to each other because I believe we are directly compensated by how much value we add to others. Yo, yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. H- having a podcast, I can tell you that's exact. That's very true. Um, yeah. You know, certain people I've had on this on this podcast, I'll introduce them to maybe another person that was also on the podcast. Right? They yeah. they mix, they they mesh, and all of a sudden deals are happening. You know, all of a sudden we had an Airbnb, uh, two guys connected. Airbnb um, a wedding facility was yeah. came out of it. I mean, it's just so cool to see like the connections you can make when you're out there you know, talking to people. Uh, one more question about that facility or that, that, that thing you're building here. Yeah. Um, how do you, you got this guy, he's bringing in these one bed properties, correct? Uh-huh. How do you work the deal with them? Like, like, let's say I was going to do that. I, I have a property in the next town over and I'm going to do one of those things. How, how would you work a deal like that with a, with a vendor technically? Yeah. Um, you know, how'd that look? So I think every scenario is different. Right. Um, their general model is instead of paying, you know, forty to sixty thousand dollars up front for the unit, there's a small franchise fee to help with them setting it up. 
But this also depends on what needs to be done to the land and stuff as well, mm-hmm. right? Like if we have to do some land, we'll negotiate to like, if we have to put in roads or sewer, like I can tell you in order to do this, we already have a greenhouse. We're converting it into a restaurant, Oh, that's so right? Cool. So that way people, because one, I don't want people shitting all over my land, right? Like, so I need a place for them to to go and, and do this, <laughs> right? So every deal looks a little bit different. Um, there's a couple of, of companies that I've talked to on this. Some had franchise fees, some didn't. Um, some, I mean, the, what we've been talking about is almost like a one-third split right? Where one third goes to cover the cost. We take one third and they take one third. If it doesn't cost me 33% a month to kind of cover the overhead, well, then that's a bonus for us for running a good business and stuff there. Yeah. Okay. That that's super interesting because I know somebody, anybody that was like listening to that, that story is like, okay, I want to do that, but what are like, what do I have to do or which direction should I start moving uh, Mm -hmm. in? Um, Now you say, how important are relationships to you and how are you going and finding these people to work with? Uh, you're, you're a guy, you're, you're very outgoing. It's pretty easy mm-hmm. to talk to, right? Sure. Um, but what, where are you finding these partners and these, these uh, people to work with to do deals? Yeah. So a lot of it comes from referrals, right? Like digging in, like, because we, I also do a lot with syndications. Like I can't go and buy an $8 million complex by myself, but if we got, 20 of us or 50 of us, right? Like we can do things like that. So a lot of it comes from network. And my wife and I, like we purge our friends list yearly. Yeah. Right. Like just because like we may have served each other at some point in our time, we might not moving forward and that's okay. It's really okay to outgrow people, family, friends, et cetera, if they're not adding value. Now, value may not be monetarily, it could be spiritually, it could be laughter, it could be love, right? But somebody just can't be taking all of the time. Sure. And so like, I just, I'm constantly looking for talent in real estate and business and friendships, constantly looking like, who would I like to bring my kids around? Like, who's going to be a good role model for them and teach them? Again, money I, I realize is really just kind of secondary. Like I had found when I stopped chasing money, it flowed in abundance as that weird as that sounds, right? Yeah. Uh, when that was all I thought that mattered, man, it eluded me. I would make a lot. I would lose even more. And you went through these ebbs and flows and yeah. stuff like that. And uh, yeah, now that I don't care as much, um, like literally, Hey, Larry, like, look at that. Like, would you, are, does this interest you? And, and so I'll have to evaluate and see if it aligns with us. Yeah. But referrals to answer your question is it's all like based on other people that I know, like, and trust, um, so that I don't have to do it all from scratch. Yeah. It, it makes it so much easier too, when you have a team of people or just friends, really, mm-hmm. honestly, all they are is, I mean, yeah. it's just a group of friends that I've that you have, we've all gravitated towards, right? Through different things. You know, when you grow up as a kid, you grow up with the people that happen to live next door and that happen to go to your high school, go to college. You're friends with the guys that happen to go to your college, right? But as you grow and you start to build things, um, you know, that you start to to move more towards interests that you have, uh, you know, that they that the, the, they might also have as well. And then those become your 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 acquaintances, your business people, the people you're working yeah. with. Yeah. And, and 
you know, rightfully so. Like you want to take care of, like you want other cystics. Uh, well, Absolutely. I can't, I guess I can't speak for everybody else. Right. <laughs> I want, I, I, yeah. I live my life in abundance, right? Like I think there's more than enough for everybody. I think that there's more than a, enough business out there for every realtor to do 20 deals, to do 50 deals for everybody to do this, but it's not taught in our schools, which is a much longer topic, right? That's like, a, a conversation like, in itself. Yeah. Like <laughs> that just frustrates the hell out of me. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm not the biggest advocate of our traditional schooling system, right? Like, so this is where I'm trying to help my kids at eight years old, right? Like I was just talking to my son he's like, dad, I want a cell phone. I was like, I'm not buying you. You're eight years old. You don't need a cell phone. Right. <laughs> and I was like, all right, but here's the thing. You make 50 bucks a month. And I'll, I'll get you a cell phone. And how am I going to do that? That's where you got to start thinking, right? Yeah. And and we came up with this plan. I was like, well, look, what if, do you think some of our friends in our neighborhood would pay you $2 a week to take their trash cans in and out? There's only two days that it comes. So you would have yeah. two days of work. He's like, I think so. Well, how many people, like how many people on our street? And he's like five. All right. So that's. How much, a, how much a week? Well, that's 10 bucks a week. All right. And how many weeks are there? There's four weeks in a month, right? And uh, yeah. well, that's $40. I was like, all right. Could you get one more client? Could you make six, right? And so these are, I want to teach them like, mm -hmm. because it's not taught in schools and stuff there on how to think outside of the box. Yeah, it's not taught in schools. And also I was, I was listening to something about generational wealth uh, today. And, and again, uh, two weeks ago, I think. Um, and it was, it basically said like, in order to, to have true generational wealth, you don't pass on, you don't just pass on the money. You pass right. on the ideas, the thought processes, the, the the things going on inside your brain and in your heart, you pass that on to the kids. Yeah. You know, the money, like you just said, he's going to learn how to make, how to bring people's trash cans out, but yeah. even more so he's going to realize it's possible. Yeah. Right. How many people don't think it's possible for them in general? In yeah. any, with, with just you know 40 year old guys, how many of those guys don't think it's possible? Had right. they had a father like you telling them at 10 years old or you know, how old your son is um, that uh, it is possible and here's a strategy. Mm -hmm. It would shoot them off in that that trajectory, right? Yeah. That's Same huge. Thing, uh, like after we went through Hurricane Harvey here and uh, my daughter, I mean, she was probably 12 at that time, um, maybe a little bit younger. But she, like everybody was just tossing everything outside of their house. And so she was going and looking for the things that were salvageable, like sterilizing them, doing this, like Bob jogging strollers and stuff that are four or $500 that yeah. she would get for free, took some elbow grease and cleaned them up and sold them for a hundred bucks. Wow. I'm like, that's cool. The Gary V approach. Yeah, right. Like uh, and and our neighborhood has like a bulk trash type thing, right? And and I mean literally, like I see grown people doing this. I'm like, yeah, like you live in this neighborhood. Like yeah. you could do this uh all the time. That's super smart. That, that that's yeah. so cool to see that yeah, kids, man, your kids are gonna take over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be interviewing them when I'm 80. Right. They're the, they're the next. I, I hope so. Them. I just want them to do something that they love, right? Because yeah. like when you love what you do, like it it doesn't feel like work. Yeah, absolutely. I want to shift gears just a little bit. Yeah. I'm a big guy, a big fitness guy. I like fitness, especially, you know, I, I like the uh, the combination of fitness and business and the things that uh, the connections that are made there. 
you're a big fitness guy, obviously. Uh-huh. Um, what's, how did you get into the fitness world and how do you connect that with your, your business? Oh man. So, I mean, I've been doing fitness as long as I could remember, right? right? Like I remember my dad lied about my age so I could play baseball earlier. <laughs> and it wasn't until a couple of years later when my mom was registering me, um, they were like, oh, so he'll be in the, uh, eight to 10 year old category. And she's like, no, he's six. They're like, no, he's not. He's eight. And she's like, I know how old my kid is. Right. Like, (laughs) and so like, as far as I can remember, like I was always involved in sports and I think it kept me out of a lot of trouble and stuff in high school. I went on to like wrestle at a very high level in high school and then on to college. And so just the sports and stuff, like, I think it was part of like my mental conditioning, right. Of being able to push through when it hurts, right. Like a lot of people, they get a little bit of resistance and like, ah, I'm out. (laughs) I'm constantly like, my mantra is how do I become comfortable being uncomfortable every single day? I do breath work, right. Where I can, I I was just talking to uh, Tim and Matt on, on their podcast, right. Like, I, uh, I'm up to, I think like three minutes and 36 seconds without breath. Like when you feel like you're going to die, like it pushes you. Yeah. Right. Like, and, and granted, I'm not going to, right. I can open my mouth at any point, but just doing that. Right. So, I mean, one, I'm not doing this. Like I'm, I'm doing this because like my goal is to live, to be over a hundred. I don't want to be in a nursing home. Not that that's good or bad. That's not my vision. I want to be active. I want to be out there. And so I know that depends on what I put my body in and how I take care of my body. Yeah. And I've been rough on my body, right? And I'm feeling it now. Like I have a torn meniscus right now. Oh. I'm still working out every single day, like yeah. just a little bit different. I'm just tweaking it, right? Um, type, type thing. So uh, again, I think it's been programmed in me and it's taught me so many valuable lessons. Um, and again, mainly to push through that pain, like when it burns, right? Like that's where you receive the most growth and stuff there. And then when you're surrounded by other athletes and stuff like that, again, it's creating that peer group, right? It's creating that accountability group. Uh, I don't like to work out at 5 a.m., but I do it because that's like, we have a group text, right? Like, oh, like we're doing this today. Oh, it's a partner workout today or or whatever it might be. Um, Yeah. Yeah, that's that that's that teamwork atmosphere that that uh-huh. really, pretty cool. And and what I what I found too is in all not all, a lot of the more successful people out there, they have either refound fitness mm-hmm. or it, they never quit, right? Sure. Um, it was just constantly there in their lives or or some of the some of these guys have refound their their passion for like CrossFit or sure. you know, uh, jiu-jitsu or something yeah. to, along those lines. It's just been very a, a big part of their lives now, and it goes so well because it's basically just go out there and do hard shit, right? Yeah, do hard shit, do the things that are really hard, and you'll get the biggest results, the biggest, uh, the best results from those things. Yeah, you know, if it was easy, everybody would do it, but it's not, and that's the best part about it, right? Yeah, yeah, and so I I still do a lot of CrossFit. Mm-hmm. Um, I've taken uh not a lot, maybe one or two days a week now. And I've transitioned that more into a lot of yoga. Hmm. Um, And again, just because that traditionally wasn't where I pushed myself, 
right? But yeah. if you hold a pose for four minutes, like your muscles are shaking, right? I love inversions, yeah. right? Like I just learned how to walk on my hands and do handstands three or four years ago, right? So it's like figuring out these new skills and stuff like yeah. that. Now, like, man, I mean, if you asked most adults to do a handstand, right? Like they're going to break their neck, right? Absolutely. And, and so it's, it's, it's again, kind of finding that and it's very new to me. And then there's also a peaceful side of things. It's almost like my meditation time as well without people jabbering and, and everything else. Well, it's interesting. You, you're moving into yoga. It's, it's just like you've been doing your whole career, right? Your whole business life. Yeah transitioning to something else transitioning to something else all right we got this let's transition to this here yeah so you've done it in fitness too so that's yeah. that that's that's very interesting and, and uh, that's, a, that's a good key takeaway if you're listening to this um you know keep moving keep progressing keep uh growing transitioning is doesn't have to be scary just do it right yeah. just jump into it and go after it well but so many people like want to perfect things right oh when i do this larry then i'm going to do this and that never comes yeah so they never get to that mm -hmm. right and so lots of times you have to try something to figure out like is this the path that i really want it's okay to change yeah but if you never try it you never quite figure it out and that's where people stay in that comfort zone and uh yeah like Oh, I'm good. Oh, that's that's worse than fuck to me. Like you tell yeah. me that you're good. Like that's worse than cursing at me, right? Like yeah. no, like no, because that limits you from going. Oh, my bills are paid, right? Like, well, is that what you want? Yeah. Right. Like what? Like what's your vision look like? Because it's possible. Like maybe it starts with a side hustle. Maybe it starts with uh, you know picking up free things and selling them. But now you take that and you put it into some cryptocurrency or something that yeah, could change your life. Are. Maybe you lose it. Like who knows, but like, you never know unless you test that out. Absolutely. And that is the, that gives you the fire in your life too. Right. Yeah. Like that keeps you going like that, that, and it doesn't, I, I don't, Always, I don't like the idea of the shiny object always jumping from business to business, but finding something else and then moving towards that, there's nothing wrong with that as well. Yeah. It gives you a fire. It keeps you alive. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's that constant growth, right? Like constantly reading, learning new things. Like we're only one person, right? And so we can only learn so much. I was only raised playing this amount of sports during a year. Yeah. Maybe there's, maybe I missed my genius, right? Like I think every kid has a genius, like Justin Bieber picking up drumsticks or spoons and being like, like yeah. nobody knew he, like he Turns just, out he's good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, look, mom, these make sound, right? Like yeah. how many people never figure out what their genius is? Absolutely. You, you got to give it a shot or you're, you'll never. And I, I, I always have that deathbed uh, talk. I never want to be on my deathbed and being like, man, I know I could have done this. Yeah. I would have just tried, yeah. you know, if I would have just gave it a shot, I would, I would have been able to do it. I, that is the worst possible scenario for me. And I'm sure a lot of guys like you, high achievers, you know, that would be, that'd be the worst thing to be laying on my deathbed thinking, man, I regret all, so many different things. Like, I guess yeah. I still do that. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. And on that, right? Like, that's also important to love what you do, because I don't think we're ever going to say, oh, I wish I would have sold another home. I wish I would have made a thousand. Like, none of that shit's going to matter at the end of the day. Yeah. Right. It's going to be those memories like, oh, man, remember when PJ and I went white water rafting after our podcast, right? Like, 
yo, that was so cool. That right? was like, insane. The flashbacks that that we're going to have for sure. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, money is money is going to come and it's going to go. But you're absolutely right. Those things, and you still remember them now. Like you can remember all those things that happened when you were a kid growing up wrestling. You remember some of those, those cool yeah. things that happened at certain tournaments or certain events, but you don't remember. I don't know how much you spent on the, how much it cost to get to the ride to, to the event, right? Or Nobody remembers that. You only remember yeah. the cool thing that happened at this one or this thing over here. Beautiful. But, yep. All right, Larry, how can people get hold of you? Uh, so on social media, like is, is all the same at Larry M F white, L A R R Y M is in Mary. F is in Frank white, like the color. It doesn't stand for Mary Francis. It was my alter ego that I created yeah. like to get things done. So welcome to connect with me on all social media platforms. If you want to put my contact information, I'm always, uh, I'll send you my calendar link if you want to put it on there. If somebody wants to put some time on my calendar, like how do we add value together, right? Like I'm not looking for more clients. I'm not looking for this. Like if we're going to do something together, how do we add value to each other? So um, I'll send you over my calendar link if you want to uh, put it in the description and stuff for everybody. And people can literally drop uh, drop time on my calendar and we can figure out how we can do some more business together. That's very cool. And I want to make it a point to thank Matt Cavanaugh and Tim Winfrey Jr. Yeah. Uh, for connecting us. Those guys are super cool. And they connected us and got us together. We were both on their podcast. Yeah. And now we're, we're here talking together. They are releasing their podcast, their big show today, uh, October 17th. So make sure you check that out. Those guys are really cool. They have a lot of cool stuff to talk about. And they're just all around nice dudes. So yeah, they, they are great people. I'm super thrilled they connected us. Yeah. And man, if we can do more together, man, I, I've enjoyed this. If there's ways that we can add more value to each other, if you're ever looking for other people, like let me know. I like I talk to a lot of cool people uh across multiple different industries and stuff like that. So if we can ever do more, man, I, I'm thrilled to. That's awesome. Larry, you're a cool guy, man. I think a lot of people are going to want to connect with you. Um, here, here though, Larry, I have a big question to ask you to finish okay. this podcast. This is a yeah. big one. So be prepared. Okay. Ready yourself. You might need to grab, grab some caffeine or something. Okay. All right. Here's the big question. We are land life. I buy and sell dirt all over the country. Yeah. If you could buy land anywhere in the world, yeah, where would it be and why? Oh, good question there. If I was to buy land anywhere in the world, right? So I already told you, like, I'm starting to do this, right? Wherever I want, like, I'm starting to target. I want to have, like, these communes and stuff all across the, all across the world. But to answer your question specifically, and this just goes on to, like, all kinds of different conspiracy theories, Antarctica, because I'm not allowed to. Right. Like, so it's like when somebody tells you you can't like, well, why not? Right. <laughs> like, why does the entire world have a treaty that we can't be down there? What is down there? Like, yeah. I want to know about this. So Antarctica would be where I would want to own some land. And why? Because they're telling me that I can't right now. And so I'm curious what the heck's down there. Now, I might be able to do that and be like, yo, this sucks because I don't like the cold weather, right? Uh, but it's just because I've been told that I can't and I can't even go down there and visit at this point in time. And I'm like, but why? Because I think there's a lot of history 
um, that's buried and frozen in the earth and stuff down there. Like same thing here, right? Like we dug down 50 feet, like we could probably find oh, some yeah. bullshit from mud floods and things like that, that pyramids and things like that get buried over. So that is the coolest answer. So nobody <laughs> has said Antarctica, nobody. It's always, you know, an island or uh, Florida, Texas, Montana gets brought up a lot. Okay. Um, but uh, but no one has ever said Antarctica. So now you got me thinking, like, why can't we buy land? I didn't even know that. Yeah, there's a world treaty. Like, we can't even go visit Antarctica. Really? And this is the only place the entire world has said, yeah, travel, go throughout borders, but not Antarctica. Except there. <laughs> yeah. Why? Now I'm curious. Yeah, there's something yeah. up there. I don't, now I'm I don't curious. like that either. That's where all the world leaders go. They all of a sudden you see all these planes going there. You're like, whoa, where's everybody going? Right. There's a reason yeah. for that. <laughs> Thank you so much, man. I really appreciate it. Yes, brother. It was great. I appreciate your time and I'll talk to you soon, man. All right, guys. Thanks. And uh, guys, till next time, I'll see you on Land Life.